on a personal note, I wanted to say thanks to the free to the Free Will Baptist Church. I went there in 1984 for vacation Bible school and continued to go there for about a year before I moved out of state. The church helped to shape my Christian beliefs and put me on the right path in life. Thank you. And this is uh, Jerry Stubblefield. And so um, just be uh, thankful this morning. Uh, they sent this to us and shared their thoughts uh, towards the church. So the lasting impact you have, as we, we think about this, a lot of times we wonder what kind of impact do we have. Well, apparently since 1984, there's been an impact on Jerry uh, Stubblefield. I met him at, over there at the visitation. Um, and so uh, talked to him for just a minute, not very long, lots of folks there. Uh, but anyways, the, we praise the Lord for that and remember that in your prayers. I asked this morning, you remember Mariah in your prayers. She's really been having a hard time uh, the last uh, few days. And uh, so remember her in your prayers if you would. Uh, praising God for Brother Don's uh, after reports on his surgery. Uh, just got treatment. Uh, Sister Donna Faye got a good report. Not, not the one we want, which is absolutely clear, but a good one. Brother Jerry got a clear report. And so we got a lot to praise God for. You know, we're serving a God who does a lot of things a lot of times we don't even recognize. And yet we know today that he is on the throne. He is alive and well. So do remember that. Anything else you want to call by name this morning before we stand and go Lord in prayer? Stand with us. Stand with us. Brother Philip, will you open us this morning? be seated this morning. Grab uh, any birthday. Kayla's not here. Any anniversary. Red Book 176. There's power in the blood.
being here to checking. Glad to be with you in the Lord's house, as he'd already said this morning. Um, remember Mariah in your prayers. Praise the Lord for Brother Jerry. Donna Faye, continue to pray for her, but for the reports that we've got, Brother Don, and then uh, Mary's got a test, uh, on a thyroid Tuesday, so uh, remember that, the August 30th, so do remember that in your prayers, uh, continue to pray for Bill Maxby. Do remember that in your prayers as well. Uh, continue praying for those families who uh, had loved ones that have passed. And do remember um, Sister, <coughs> me, Sister Rhonda and Evan in your prayers as well. Any others this morning? Remember that. Praise the Lord for that. Sister Sandy Bell's mom. are scheduled to have surgery in August, October, and so do ask that you remember that. It'll be October the 4th at this time, so ask you remember us, but um, do continue to pray for others. Anybody else? spoken Amen. stand this morning with us go to the Lord in prayer ushers would come at this time Father today we thank you Lord for your love and mercy we thank you dear God for the blessings you give us Lord ask you Father to help us through this day Lord I pray Father this morning that we would just magnify and glorify thy name Lord asking you today to draw us close to thee and one to another Father I pray this morning that you just bless the offering let it be used for thy glory We'll thank you, Father. We'll praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Singing that song on page eight. So
this morning that he did exactly that and we do have a wonderful savior this morning the world could get a hold of him I'll tell you something church I don't want to start preaching I'll give you a chance somebody's got a uh, song but um, I think we're further gone than we realize Boy, and I've been getting the impression of that more and more the last little bit. And I know last Sunday I talked about it. But uh, I think we're further gone than we realize. That means we're in a dangerous place. 
restore the sinner. Somebody with a special today before we get into the message. Everybody shaking. All right, anybody nervous? I am. I got to preach. I don't know if you should be more nervous if I have notes than if I don't have notes. This morning I don't have notes. So, can you hear me or do I need to switch microphones? All right. Got your Bibles this morning. We're going to start in the book of Revelations, the third chapter. We've got a few key areas to cover this morning, but I want us to think about this thought. Living comfortably at the point of tragedy. Living comfortably at the point of tragedy. Revelations chapter 3, if you would stand and read with us this morning, one verse of scripture found in verse 17. Verse 17 says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Father, this morning I thank you for your love and mercy. I thank you, dear God, for your many blessings. And Lord, I know this day, Father, that I need to make sure, God, that I keep my eyes open to what you would have me to see, my ears attentive to what you would have me to hear, my mouth ready to what you would have me to speak, but my body at all times, Father, prepared for thy service. And Lord, I pray today, help me, because I know, Father, that I'm weak and I fail. But I know today, dear God, that you do not. You're always, always, always in control. And you never fail us. So I thank you this morning, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Living comfortably at the point of tragedy. Now, when I was off uh, a few back for our anniversary, I had this opportunity that I guess, you know, I don't have every Sunday, but I did that Sunday, and I talked about it. I We went to church at Lowell and to the Free Will Baptist Church there, and I got to sit in service with my pastor. After church, we listened to Brother James Spears. Then after that, we listened to Brother Mike Hoggard. After that, we got a hold and we listened to Brother Philip. After that, we went up and went to church at Calvary. We had five services that Sunday. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody had something to say that made me think about things, and I think it was Brother Clark preaching. 
I don't remember exactly his message there because I got sidetracked just as soon as he said something. I started thinking about this point, being comfortable at the point of tragedy. The church today is comfortable, and we're at the point of tragedy. We don't realize or we have stopped thinking in our hearts and our minds in this way. We, we think in our minds, as I said last week, that, that we could die at any moment. We don't really think about that very much anymore. We don't think about whether or not that the Lord can return this moment in time. Instead, we're, lifting, we're living comfortably. We've already made our plans as to what we'll have for lunch and where we'll go after that. We're thinking about this evening service. I, need, I know that I am and, and thinking about what, what we'll preach tonight. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. The Bible does tell us that we should be prepared. You know, we should have in our mind the aspects of the day that's going there. But in that mindset there, we should never lose sight of the fact of this that Jesus could come at any moment of time. You or I could die at any moment of time. But when we get comfortable, church, we don't realize where we are. We don't understand the state that we're in. There's no place in my Bible where I find that the church is supposed to be comfortable, satisfied, stationary. Now, remember this, they'll take the Bible and they'll twist it around and say, well, the Bible says to be content. Well, I should be content with my clothing. And I should be content with my vehicle. I should be content with my housing. I should be content in the state that I find and the things that God has given me and be content there. But spiritually speaking, we should not be content. We should be persistent. We should always be working for the Lord Jesus Christ. We should always be working prepared as the Lord could come at any moment of time. We find in our scriptures all of these things there. But if you go back to the first part of this, and, and, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew and look at some things there. It says this. Under the angel of the church of Laodicea write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I, here church, listen carefully, God, Christ, I know thy works. Can I tell you this morning that, you know, while we think we understand what somebody else is or is not, while we think we understand what somebody else is or is not doing, God actually knows. He, he knows not from the outside, but he knows from the inside. He understands the appearance is different sometimes than the actuality. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I was reading in Psalms the other day because I had talked about it uh, in the service, but, but I was reading the scripture there again where he talked about help me or uh, help me from my secret sins or cleanse me from my secret sins. Hey, there are things in us we bury so deep we don't even want to know. But the truth of the matter is this, God knows. And then there are things that we try to hide from other people, but yet God knows those things. There is no secret with God. That's why as I thought about this and it really began to just play on my mind and, and Sister uh, Joanne had talked to me about something the other day, uh, asked me if I knew what went on in some of the other places there, and she began to tell me she had video of these things, and I haven't seen her videos, but I've seen a lot of videos 
of what's going on in other churches. And don't take me wrong, I'm not here this morning to beat up other churches, but can I tell you, the church age today is comfortable. They're, they're, they're so comfortable, they're destroying true worship to God. They're destroying the Word of God. They're denying the power of God. And the physicality of this is that, that while they are physically in the church, the spirit is not there. That is, the spirit of the living God is not there. There is a spirit there, but it's not God's spirit. It's a visiting spirit. It's a troubling spirit. It's a spirit that makes people think they're all right when they're all wrong. And pastors have embraced this spirit because they get a little easier time of it. I mean, Let's just be honest this morning. If pastors never felt any conviction with the church, why do I preach the way I preach? It's not because I look out across the congregation and I say, man, you guys are all in trouble. If you were like me, you would be in good shape. I mean, it's like the only person saved in this whole building is me. No, that's not the way I look at it. I look at it like this. I'm in trouble. If I don't have my heart right with God, if I get comfortable, I'm in trouble. I know that I'm not perfect. And hey, because I know that I'm not perfect, I'm not saying you're worse than me. But let's just say this. We're both in the flesh. So we're none of us perfect. So i got to warn all of us not to get comfortable. Because I think we're living comfortably. You stop to think about it. He said, I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. What does that mean, church? You're comfortable. Let me ask you about a swimming pool. Anybody ever gone into a swimming pool that was so cold that when you got in it, you had to get out? I'll be honest with you. It was probably back in 1998, somewhere in that area there. We had bought an above-ground swimming pool, 18-footer. I mean, it was it was pretty nice to get into and relax in on a hot day. But here's the deal. I don't remember the year, but sometime in that time frame after we bought that pool, we moved in the house in 95, somewhere between 1995 and 2002, because that's when we moved out. But anyway, that pool one summer, it was July the 2nd, and the water temperature in that pool was 72 degrees. Now, how many of you like 72 degrees? I, I love it in the air, but I don't like it in the water. It was so cold that our kids, who love to swim at any cost, couldn't stay in there more than five minutes. 72 degree water was cold. I'm just telling you. Then there's a time when the summer sun beat down on it so hard that one time it was up in the 90s. And let me just say this, 90-degree water while you're showering is all right. But when you're trying to swim and cool down, 90-degree water is hot. You don't want to get in 90-degree water. So somewhere in there about the 78 to 82-degree range, the swimming pool is comfortable. The church is living in comfortableness right now. 
We're not too concerned about who's, who's lost and who's saved unless they're immediately affecting our lives. If it's an immediate family member, then we're, we're bothered by that. If it's, it's somebody out there, we're not bothered by that. Hey, the church is living comfortable in, in this aspect here. As long as we can gather and sing a few songs and we have a message preached and, and we might uh, have a time of prayer, we're all right. But can I tell you this morning, unless the Spirit of God moves inside the church house, in the church family, by the way, which means that the Spirit of God is not moving amongst the wood, but it's moving amongst the people inside the church, then the church is in trouble. We're living comfortably and we don't even realize it. We don't even comprehend how comfortable we've gotten in our situation. And the Bible says that Jesus says that if you're living that way, you're lukewarm. And by the way, he don't like lukewarm. Brother Ernie, why are you telling us this? I think God has more for us than what we're getting. And I think God wants us to do more than what we're doing. I think God wants us to be more than what we are. And I'm not trying, trying to say we've got to climb to the next level. I don't believe in levels of Christianity. But I do believe in determination and dedication. Being determined to follow the will of God the best you can. And your dedication in that will determine how close you're getting to God. Now, Enoch walked with God and was not because the Lord took him. One day, Enoch was so close that God said, come on home, they say. Listen to this. One day, Enoch walked with God, and God realized that by translating him from where he was to where he was going to be, taking him out of this walk of life, it was going to make an impact that went on for thousands of years. And it did. We're still talking about Enoch and his walk with God. Think about that text. Does anybody talk about your walk with God? I know thy works because thou sayest, thou stayest. Here's the problem, church. Thou stayest. What does that mean?
when we start messing with finances, and other things like that, it's all over the system. So somebody says, I identify as a goat. Well, now you have to, hey, by the way, this is in public school. You have to act like you're a goat. Can I tell you something, church? I, I know this, this is going to burn some hives. I'm going to tell you, I'll just say it anyway. I know that the success of the private school was not what it was intended to be. It fell short. I wasn't here at the time. I don't know why, but it did. But can I tell you something that I know this morning? Had Christian people, had Christian people determined that their children were going to be raised in a Christian school and that they were going to start We don't have this and we don't have that. Let me tell you what the Bible says. I know 
doing X, Y, or Z until you put your hard hat on or you get out of what's called non-living covenant. It's called being offered but being Overrated to have an altar. I mean, after all, nobody wants to go 
But if you jump way down now, think about this. Without natural affections, truth breakers, disobedient to parents. There is nothing wrong with taking your child and applying five wonderful, gracious, loving, extended fingers to their bottom with a smack that can be heard in the next room. I love my wife. She loves her grandkids. I like picking on her because she knows this. Because I'll tell her, honey, you got to hit them hard. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. They were living comfortably at the brink of tragedy. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up. Listen to me, church. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Verse 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, even their women to change the natural use of that which is against nature likewise the men and if you go on down there it said in verse 28 and even 
as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Hey, church, I'm telling you this this morning. Look at verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They are comfortable living at the brink of tragedy. Don't talk about sin in the church no more, Pastor. It's sinful. Don't, don't talk about what I'm not doing that I shouldn't be doing in the church no more, Pastor. That offends me. Or this. Well, you know, you just don't understand. Can I tell you, church, let me, let me say this. I don't understand, but something else about it, you're not willing to tell me either, so I can't. Because there's a lot of things I don't understand. But then I preach something. God gives me the thought. God gives me a message. And you think it's personal. It's not personal. I'm just telling you this. But if there's something that's going on and you think I don't understand, take time to help me. You don't owe an expectation of your life to me. But maybe God's telling you whenever you're saying you don't understand, God's telling you to help me. And maybe I can help you. My, my job as a pastor is not to show up on Sunday morning and Sunday night or Wednesday night and preach. It's to tend the flock. Feed them. Brother, why are you focused on me? I'm not, I'm not focused on me. I want you to think about something. You ever stop to think about what it's like to be a pastor? Loving everybody, wondering if everybody loves them. Concerned, but wondering if they're concerned about themselves. My job as a pastor is to try to be a representative to Christ. Tell you the truth. Not back up from the truth. But stand in the truth. And the truth of the matter is this. You can go to Christ with anything. And maybe you don't want to share everything with me. That's fine. 
There's some things I don't want to know. Some things I don't need to know. But can I tell you, it does not bother me for the church to need them. Everybody likes to be needed. Wants to be loved. Church, we're living in a comfortable age. We're facing tragedy and we don't even realize it. We're excited. We think about it. If Jesus come back today, woo! Will it really be a woo? Or would it be a woe? If he really come today, if he really come right now, I mean, just to be honest with you this morning, church, I, I, I'm telling you the facts of what I know, to know, to know, to know. There are some times that I'm afraid that if the Lord would have come at that time, I'd have been saying, whoa. But can I tell you, I don't get there very long before God's chastising hand comes along and gets me uncomfortable. The other part of being uncomfortable sometimes, though, is we do this. We squirm in the situation trying to make it better while staying there. You ever thought about that? My favorite chair is no longer comfortable. It's got a spring on this side here, so now I sit in it like this. Well, is it comfortable? No, but it's my chair. It's my favorite chair. My, my, my favorite suit no longer fits me the right way because I put on some pounds, and, and I've got one of those, by the way. And I wear it. Why do you wear it? Because it's one of my favorites. It's uncomfortable, but you still put it on. But when it comes to God, if it's uncomfortable, we just ignore that part. If it's uncomfortable, we're not going to go that route. Even though it's right, even though it's the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, we're still going to go another direction. Why? Because, Brother Ernie, that's uncomfortable. That's hard. That seems to be impossible. I'm really at the point where I want God to tell me it's not impossible. Just do it. I don't know why he hadn't said that to me yet. Totally different subject matter, situation. But can I tell you, we will squirm in uncomfortableness if we like it, to try to make it comfortable. But when it comes to the things of God, we just simply say, that's uncomfortable not doing that. I didn't get all the way through this. I'm not going to hold you a long time today. I'm just going to say this, church. we got to step it up. Jesus could come at any time. That is a fact. Not, not, not a 
Your death and my death is imminent. It's going to happen. Again, that's a fact. I told a guy the other day, I said, he was talking about things. I said, yes. I said, we was talking about my, 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 my body and, and my pain and stuff that's going on. And, and I feel more like Brother Mike sometimes. I wonder if he and I would have this co coexistence of pain because of what our backs are doing. But, but I thought about this. I told this guy because of what's going on. He said, man, he goes, he goes, that's terrible. He said, you ain't very old. I said, I know this, though, but the day that I was born, my body was made to die. This body is going to die. 52 plus years, no guarantee of 53. But church, we're so comfortable in our state that we're living today, we don't think about that as a reality. It is a reality. Jesus could come back whenever he wants. Anytime. People say he can't come back until this happens. He can't come back until that happens. Don't come back until after that happens. But can I tell you, he can do whatever he wants to. He's God. no longer take pleasure in the sins of the world nor wink at them and think that they're just things they're telling us that we're further into danger than we realize they're telling us that the depravity of man has gone farther than we realize and I'm telling you as a child of God, you will be more uncomfortable every day you live in this walk of life if you proclaim Jesus and proclaim God and live God and glorify God no matter where you're at, no matter who you're around. If God is part of your life, it's going to get more uncomfortable. And by the way, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Nobody's going to get saved if nobody saved shows they're saved. It's a fact. I wrote this thought down this morning. It's not my thought. Pastor Cody Zorn said it. Here's the truth. Spiritually speaking, I'll close with this, Sister Barbara, if you want to come. More people quit church because of what people have done to them. Think about this. We quit being godly. We quit serving. We quit following. We quit going. We quit praising. We quit church. We quit being Christians because of what people have done. Instead of staying because of what Jesus has done for them. That's a fact. Why am I here today? 
I can't begin to express to you how much God has done for me. What God has done to me. I'm just going to tell you, church, the times, and I have felt them, where I have felt like I was not just a failure in my own life, but I was a failure as a pastor. And yet in this, every time somebody says something to encourage me and strengthen me, and God never says, that's right, Ernie, get out of there, you're a failure. Instead, it's like this, God says, now that you know it, what are you going to do? Get up and go again. Fifteen plus years we've been here. It almost seems like last year we started. But I know it's been longer because we've done so many funerals. Seen people come and go. Seen people grow up, get married, have babies. Think about it. Can I tell you something? I'm more determined today than I was the day that I started. The day that I started, I was excited. I mean, I was enthused. I believed that God could do the impossible things with me and with this church. I thought we were going to go even bigger. And, and I, I mean, I just really, I, I thought things are going to happen. I would be working here at the church. I'd be getting up every morning, walking over or driving over to church or walking, however it might have been. And, and I would walk into my office and I would sit there and I would answer the phone and I would counsel with people, talk to people. There would be things with other pastors that I would be doing. I really thought God was going to take me someplace that I thought I'd never be before. And guess what, church? What I thought and what God did is the same thing in one aspect. God took me someplace I never thought I was going to be before, but God did not do it my way. He did it His way. And by the way, I'll tell you something. 15 years here, and I know a lot of pastors who would have gave up. Because I had one talk to me. Brother Ernie, I don't understand how come you're still there. I talked to him. After talking to him, he was willing to give up his church. He's still at his church. Why? Because I told him this. I'm not looking at the physical results. I'm looking at the spiritual ones. I'm looking at what God says to do. And I still believe God's going to take us further than where we are. I love this church. I hurt for this church. I rejoice for this church. I'm looking forward to retiring to this church. I just wonder, though, sometimes do we as a church really have a vision that God has given in His Word for where we should be? And do we have the determination to get there? Or are we comfortable at the brink of tragedy? Because it would be a tragedy if anyone in this church dies and goes to hell. It would be a tragedy 
If the opportunities that God gives us or puts before us, we refuse to do those and somebody dies and goes to hell. Because we're comfortable. We're satisfied. In Isaiah, he said it this way. Awake. 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 O thou that sleepest in God. Where are we today, church? Would you stand this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, today. We love you, Lord. God, help us this morning, I pray. Help me, Father, I pray. Let us be what we need to be, Father. Lord, let us get into the Word. Father, I pray this morning the Spirit would get into us. We'll do the things that are right, even if they're uncomfortable. And we'll make you our favorite. We'll let you mold us and shape us. We'll ask these things. We'll pray for all of this in Christ's name. And amen. Would you come this morning?